Welcome to the Battle After the Badge podcast with your host, Steve Cartmel. Steve is a retired police officer who's worked 32 years with the Lawrence County Sheriff's Office in Southern Ohio. Steve wants to share his stories and information about his personal experiences and how they affected him and how he learned to deal with these issues. Now, let's hear about his battle after the badge. and welcome to my new podcast, The Battle After the Badge. I'm your host, Steve Cartmel, and in this first episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself so you know who you're listening to. I worked 32 years as a police officer for the Lawrence County Sheriff's Office in Southern Ohio. I graduated high school in 1988 and joined the police academy shortly after graduation. I graduated the police academy in 1989 and was then hired by the Sheriff's Office in January of 1990 as a corrections officer in the jail. I worked six years in corrections and then was promoted to the road patrol. A couple years later, I was promoted to road patrol sergeant and worked as the midnight sergeant for the next 22 years until I retired in September 21. So there you have it, a little bit about myself. But you know, when I decided I was going to retire, I always told myself the day that I woke up and the job started not to be fun anymore, that's when it was going to be time to to get out. And that day finally came. So I prepared everything, uh, went to the retirement board, filled out my paperwork, and decided to retire. But you know what? Retirement is tough. It's a tough decision because you have to make sure that you're financially stable and ready to retire. So when you do retire, then you realize, and, and after that last day, that your life has totally changed. And I'm the kind of person that I'm not real good with change. No more of the same routine that you're used to. You know, you get up, get ready for work, put on the uniform the exact same way each and every day that you go to work. You get in your cruiser, and then you uh, go to the office, you clock in, You talk to the guys and the gals and find out what's going on and uh, how everything's been. And all that is over. Um, You don't have that same routine. And uh, and that was tough for me. Um, You know, I once uh, talked to Mike Gore, who was a uh, lieutenant for the State Highway Patrol um, here in Ohio. And uh, I asked him after he retired, I said, hey, Mike, uh, how's retirement? I said, do you miss working? And he, he had an analogy that was just awesome, and I've used it a couple times myself, and I told him I was going to use it. He told me, he said, Steve, I don't miss the circus, but I miss the clowns. And man, do I know how that is. Um, and, that, and it's true. I don't miss the politics in law enforcement, but, but I do miss the clowns or, or, or my buddies, my, my uh, coworkers. And that's tough. Um, I miss the camaraderie that we had. Um, There's a special bond between most police officers um, who you trust with your life and they trust you with their life when you go to these calls. And and that's one reason why we call it a brotherhood. Um, Being a police officer was tough because you were expected 
when you go to these calls to make split-second decisions at times, um, knowing that you were going to be ridiculed one way or another on what you did or you did not do. Uh, but you keep pushing on, uh, trying to make this world a better place to live in. One of the things that, um, when I retired, um, sometimes, and I've talked to other people about this, you know, you kind of lose your purpose. And uh, when you retire, you try to find out what that purpose is now. Um, so trying to find my purpose now that I've retired has been tough. One of the privileges that I had uh, when I worked as a law enforcement officer was when we unfortunately would have a officer who would pass away, uh, whether they were retired or were still working, I had the honor to call out the orders to the officers that were there to show their respect. It might be because I have a big mouth and a very loud voice, but so be it. I gave those orders uh, and took those orders very seriously um, so that the family who just lost a loved one and were grieving knew just how respected they were to us. I gave those orders with authority and dignity. One of the last funerals that I had the honor to give the orders for was a co-worker of mine named Deputy Boyd Blake. And Boyd had just passed away from COVID issues just days before my retirement. And as a matter of fact, his funeral was the day after my last official day of working. But I asked if I could be the one who give the orders one last time. And they afforded me that privilege. And at that time, that was my purpose for my friends. So I retired, and uh, I remained retired for eh, approximately two months, and then I decided, hey, it's time to go back to work. And I went back to work uh, mainly for insurance purposes. And I got a job at a local hospital as a security officer, and uh, which is pretty nice. I, I like my position. I've made some new friends there, and it's, it's been pretty decent. One of the things that in the last couple days or, or last couple years of my um, career, um, I become a high school bowling coach, and uh, it, it's been pretty fun. I think it's helped me um, through those last couple years and, and trying to keep me young, and uh, <laughs> you know what, they, they keep me on my toes, that's for sure. I coach both the boys and girls uh, bowling teams for the high school that I went to, and uh, it's something that I lobbied for for many years um, to the athletic director of the school at that time. Um, and finally, one day I was working a ball game, a football game, and uh, Coach Mark Lafon, who was the athletic director, um, come up to me and he said, Hey, uh, Steve, are you ready to coach? And I was like, Heck yeah, let's do this. So they approved the. Uh, Bowling is a sport at Ironton, and uh, I was uh, named head coach, and I've been the head coach for the last nine years. And, uh, man, I love it. I, I love those kids. I, um, I, I try to be a good role model for the kids. 
I try to show interest uh, in the kids and what they're going to do after high school, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And it's helped me um, through the last couple of years and, and then even after I retired. But in the next couple of episodes, um, you're going to hear different things um, that have happened during my career. During my career, I have seen a lot and dealt with a lot of different calls. A lot of tragic events I've, I've seen in my life. You know, I've seen a meme or, or a, a stat, if you want to call it, um, where the average police officer in a 20-year career sees or deals with 700 tragic events in that 20-year time, whereas the average person sees or deals with two tragic events during that 20-year time. Um, some people may call these career-defining moments, but it, it, it's a tough situation. You know, after those tragic events, um, we were never offered any type of treatment or therapy to deal with these events. It was not really discussed until late in my career. We just learned to deal with things in our own way. I would talk about some of those moments and the calls of upcoming, upcoming episodes. You know, we were afraid uh, to ask for help or because of being labeled mentor, the administration would send you to be evaluated, and we thought or were scared that we could lose our job. We also thought that we would look weak and not be able to deal with these things that we were dealing with. Nobody wanted to be considered weak to administration or to their fellow officers. Um, some of the events that I dealt with, I had real bad dreams, and uh, it bothered me, but I kept pushing on. PTSD was not really talked about with police officers back in the day, and I'm old school, and it was usually considered something with military soldiers. Late in my career, PTSD was talked about more and more in law enforcement. And I kind of figured I had some PTSD issues. One evening, I was watching a TV show of Chicago PD, and there was a scene where one of the female officers was kidnapped and shot. She was finally found, and when they found her, she was sitting in a vehicle with gunshot wounds. I immediately start with emotions, and I start bouncing my foot and crying as this took back took me back to a call I was involved in with my dispatcher who got shot by her husband and found her in a vehicle. I tried not to let my wife see me crying, but she asked if I was okay because I was bouncing my foot again and she knew I was going through something. I broke down and told my wife and she begged me to go talk to somebody. I called and made an appointment and I met with my therapist, Jennifer Kangas, and I spilled my feelings. She has been wonderful to me and has helped me through so much already, but we aren't finished yet. She asked if I ever listened to podcasts, and I told her I had listened to one or two of my brothers, and she thought I would be great at podcasting. So, here I am. The podcast that uh, will be coming soon will be different calls that I have dealt with and uh, how they've bothered me the most and what I'm doing to help me get through these issues. I was also at times uh, have guests to join me and we will talk about a variety of topics with law enforcement and other things. So I hope that you guys will continue to listen. So be honest, give me your feedback, and uh, 
I hope you enjoy the upcoming episodes that uh, I'm going to be putting out. So until then, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Battle After the Badge. And until a further time, I hope you have a wonderful day.